Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a personal training company dedicated to helping people of all fitness levels move better, feel better, and live better with progressive functional strength and conditioning workouts. So you're hitting the gym a few times a week, two, three, maybe even four times a week, but you still might be wondering, well, what do I do on the other days? Should I rest? Do cardio? Lift more? Am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? Maybe you hate certain types of workouts, but you have a sedentary life outside of the gym, and you know that two to three workouts a week isn't enough movement for you to lose weight or get stronger or just get healthier in general. Or maybe you love working out, but you've found that if you train super hard every day, you're going to get burnt out or injured or just not get the results you want because you aren't recovering enough. Today, I want to give you some strategies to help you stay active, balance your work-to-recovery ratio, and find some things that you enjoy doing on the days in between your workouts. Now, most of this is assuming that your workouts are strength training focused. If you're only doing cardio, though, like maybe you love mountain biking, then I would suggest doing at least two days of strength training. Try to figure out how to add that into your week without overdoing it. But let's just assume that the time that you spend in the gym is more strength training or strength training blended with circuit training based. So what do you do on the days in between those lifting days? Well, the first choice here is is kind of the first one that you're going to hear most coaches throw out there, and that's cardio. I've done a whole episode on cardio before and why you need to be doing it and how it actually helps you with your strength training. We've talked before about, you know, obviously you need to have a a healthy heart to be able to do anything. You need to have good circulation and you can have improved circulation by doing cardio. This can actually help you lift weights better in your next sessions. It helps you recover from your previous sessions. You need to be doing some cardio. Go back and listen to the cardio episode if you want the whole thing, but just do some cardio. It doesn't have to be crazy. It can be you know, just a couple of times a week. It doesn't have to be super long cardio sessions or super difficult cardio sessions like sprinting. Just you need to do something to get your heart rate up and sustain it up on the days in between your lifting or do it on the days with your lifting if you don't have time to do anything on the other days. But honestly, it's better to try to separate it a little bit if you can so that you can spend the bulk of your focus and energy on your strength training and then get some movement on those in-between days. It's better to do you know little bits more often rather than just like one or two days of just a two and a half hours of working out. It's better to keep your body moving. So when it comes to cardio, there's two different types I wanna differentiate here. That's cardio conditioning and active recovery. Now with your cardio conditioning, this might be sprint conditioning, this might be long duration, like lower intensity cardio. It could be anywhere in there. It's just, are you actually going out with a goal with your cardio or are you just trying to keep moving at a low level, which is what I would call active recovery. So for conditioning, you have sprint conditioning or interval style conditioning versus steady state cardio. And Depending on your goals and what you're doing on your strength training days, it's really important to figure out which one of these you should be doing. Now, if you are trying to build up your aerobic base and you want to try to increase your body's ability to take an oxygen, supply it to your muscles to perform mechanical work over a long period of time, you want to build up your 
cardio with steady state cardio, meaning you're going to go out for a 30 to 45 to 60 minute bike ride or jog, or you're going to get on a rower, or maybe you'll swim, just something where you're having a consistent level of work over a longer period of time that's not super high level because you wouldn't be able to sustain it for that long. Now, that kind of work is not going to mess you up as much for the next day's workout unless it's like a like a 20-mile bike ride or a 10-mile run or something. You're not going to want to do legs the next day after that. You might not really be able to do a whole lot if, if you're not used to that kind of work. So think about what you're doing the next day. Steady state cardio is less likely to have an impact on your next day's work if you're lifting because it's using different energy systems. When you're lifting, you're primarily using the anaerobic or without oxygen energy systems. When you are doing steady state cardio, you are using your aerobic system. So it's two different systems here. And by systems, I mean, how is your body taking in oxygen and using it to provide the necessary means of producing the work that you're doing when you're exercising? So are you using oxygen coming in to help your body convert either the fuel fuel in your body or the fuel in your body fat, how are you converting that into usable fuel for your muscles to do their work? You can do it aerobically or anaerobically. When you're lifting weights, since you are doing things that are, you know, your sets are not lasting much longer than 15, 20, maybe 30 seconds, you don't need oxygen for that. You You could technically hold your breath the entire time you did it. Just don't do that. You could... You don't need oxygen during the set. You use your oxygen in between your sets to help you recover. So these are called the ATP PC energy system, adenosine triphosphate phosphocreatine cycle, where this is for high output, very low uh, length activities like a one rep max back squat or a set of five or even a set of 10 on something that's gonna be lasting like under 10, 15 seconds. The anaerobic glycolysis energy system is for activities a little bit longer than that, but you're still not really getting into aerobic glycolysis yet. And that's where you're going to be doing maybe, you know, 60 second sprints or a circuit where it's, you know, two minutes on, two minutes off, something like that. It is going to be slightly aerobic, but really more anaerobic. But in between during your rest periods, that's whenever you are utilizing your aerobic system to help you recoup everything that you need for your body to be able to produce that work again. So this is a very, very short primer on energy systems. So if you are work, if you are taxing an energy system the day before you plan on using it, you're not setting yourself up for success. So if you know that you are going to be doing something that involves a lot of a need for those anaerobic energy systems, like you're going to squat really heavy, you're going to do you know, really hard upper body workout or something like that that's going to require that energy system. You shouldn't the day before do a circuit that has a bunch of you know, box jumps and sled pulls and ball slams and uh, battle ropes and maybe kettlebell swings, all of those things that are going to tax you, your anaerobic system throughout your entire body. Now, one way you can do it is try to focus, maybe you do like a lower body type of circuit training or conditioning or whatever it is you want to do, like sled pulls or hill sprints, and do an upper body workout the next day. Now, the system still works throughout your entire body, so anything you do the day after really, really hard sprints is not going to be as as powerful 
uh, if that's what you're going for. You're not going to be as strong or as powerful the day after sprints just because it just taxes your body. So if you plan on having a really tough sprint session, just know that you're not going to be able to go super heavy the next day with your weightlifting. If you really want to go hard on your weightlifting, you should be doing something very light the day before so that you can have your body's ability to function on all cylinders ready to roll when you get into the gym the next day. So for cardio, when it comes to conditioning, you have to look at what you're doing the next day. If it's active recovery, meaning you're just going to keep moving, you can pretty much do that at a low level. You know, a 30-minute bike ride or a 20-minute slow jog, it should not mess you up for the next day um, if you're used to it. If you're not used to it, then you need to build up to that. But now, when it comes to cardio, that's that's typically the first thing that we would advise as coaches of having people do in between their sessions is get a day or two days in of some type of cardio because it just it improves your overall health and it helps you perform better in the gym. But we like to have people start out with lower level cardio, build up an aerobic base, get your body used to this type of movement when you're in between sessions, and then gradually work in these these sprint days. But I think that people really overdo it sometimes with the sprint stuff or circuits and ends up messing them up the next day when they come in for a strength training session. So big thing with cardio, what are you doing the next day and base your cardio around that? Or you know what, if you have a big cardio goal, you really want to get good at sprinting, you're trying to get faster, then you're going to have to base your training, your strength training a little bit around that and just know that, you know, the day after you're running hill sprints, you might have to focus on lighter upper body work with your strength training because you're just you're not going to be able to utilize that same energy system you know day after day after day uh, if you're eating a lot and you're sleeping well though you you can do it it's, I mean that's what athletes do but most of us are not getting enough sleep or fuel to be able to do that kind of stuff day after day after day uh, plus you know what's your exercise history right you have to work up to this stuff so uh, Cardio. You can do cardio in your in-between days, but I would start off with low-level cardio. And even once you have your cardio into a good routine, I would still make sure that you have a balance between this time, these times when you're sprinting really hard and the times when you are doing you know, low-level, slower aerobic stuff. And things like biking and swimming, elliptical, rowing, things like that that's not quite as much pounding on your joints as running is, is helpful too to mix that in so you're not always, you know, running one day and then squatting the next, then running again, and then lunging and deadlifting. That just that gets to be a lot. One thing that you can do, or another thing that you can do in between your workout days, that's not necessarily cardio, but it's still movement, is have a balance plyometric and SAQ day. I call them balance plyo SAQ days. Uh, SAQ stands for speed, agility, and quickness. So on these days, I like to do two balance exercises, two plyometric exercises, and two speed, agility, and or quickness exercises. Now, a balance exercise you could do, just to give you a couple of examples here, would be like a single leg balance, if reach down and touch your toe with the opposite hand, and, and do that on, on both legs. You could stand on a wobble board or something like that for that. Uh, you could also set up a little balance beam and walk across that. The other day I took a barbell and I set it down on the ground on top of some bricks and I walked across it like a tightrope. And that was, I did that for my balance work the other day. So pick a couple of balance exercises, then pick a couple of plyometric exercises. Again, they're not going to make you super sore. So don't do a million alternating jump lunges on these days. Things like box jumps, jump up, step down, and, and do these in low repetitions and have some rest in between. Or you could do a lateral jumping drill 
or a broad jump drill or a single leg jump drill. I mean, there's a million jumping drills you can do and do two jumping drills. And again, this is not a cardio thing. You're not jumping around you know, for 30 seconds, rest for 15 and do eight rounds of that. I'm talking five really good jumps and rest two minutes in between those. Okay, so you've got two balance exercises, two plyometric exercises. Then you can go grab some cones and do some speed, agility, and quickness drills. So you could do zigzags through these. You set up 10 cones, one yard apart, zigzag through them. You can uh, set up like a shuttle run, set cones up every five yards and do that for uh, 20 yards or 30 yards or 50 yards, whatever you want to do. Run up to one touch the cone, run back, touch the cone. You can do forward and backwards running, side to side. Uh, sprint and stopping, sprint and stop drills are good with those. Uh, if you want to get into like the kinds of things that you see in the NFL combine, you've got the 5-10-5 drill, you've got the NFL three-cone drill, you've got the five-cone snake drill. I mean, there's a, there's a million of these. Just search cone drills on YouTube and you'll find a bunch of fun stuff. And these are really fun. And they're, they're actually, to me, less stressful than sprinting, but you still get your heart rate up a little bit. Uh, but the key here, again, is you're not turning this into a cardio conditioning day. Your heart rate's definitely going to come up, but it might only be up for like 10, maybe 15 seconds. And then you're going to give yourself like two minutes of rest before you do that next set because you're trying to work on speed or or agility or your quickness or uh, your your ability to produce force quickly like on a plyometric drill or your ability to reduce forces on a balance drill. You're not, that's what you're focusing on. These are all things that require skill and focus, and you have to practice them. So think of these more of practice days than conditioning days. But I will tell you, you will probably be sweating when you're done, and you might be a little bit out of breath when you're done, but please don't get these, don't turn these into cardio days. These are balance plyo SAQ days, uh, and it's, it's great just to get moving, especially this time of year when it's, when it's nice outside. You can get outside and do all this stuff. So um, you can try mixing those in. Another thing that's actually a lot lower key would be mobility or range of motion days. And I heard somebody call these linchpin days once. So think about something in your, in your mobility that holds you back from being able to do other things. Maybe your overhead position, your ankles, your hips. And you just spend that day in between your lifting days, just spend that day working on your range of motion with those. So sure, this is going to maybe include some soft tissue work, foam rolling, stretching, uh, but really it should be a lot of focused, active range of motion work. So not just passively laying on a roller or using a a Theragun or something, uh, or just not even just static stretching. You have to get your body to understand how to move through range of motions. And you have to do that by actually you moving it yourself using your muscles. So if you're working on getting your hips opened up, doing you know, hip rotation drills and maybe lateral walks with a band or uh, exercises where you're on uh, your hands and knees and you're doing uh, like hip lift exercises or standing exercises where you are working on your ankle range of motion, things like that on those mobility range of motion days. Again, you got to be careful about what you're doing around those days. If you're trying to you know, do a ton of range of motion stuff on your hips and you just completely fry your hips and the next day you're going to try to do heavy lunges or something, they might not work well with each other. So maybe your mobility range of motion day is on a day, you know, after all of your 
lifting stuff, your heaviest lifting in the week. Maybe you put it later in the week so that you can kind of reclaim some of that range of motion that maybe you lose when you get tight throughout your workouts. But ideally, these range of motion days should be teaching you how to move better when you are lifting. So you are teaching your body how to move through a larger range of motion. And sure, static stretching can be a part of this. I'm not completely anti-static stretching, uh, especially if you're trying to gain more mobility or if you play a sport, uh, if you're a gymnast or something, you have to have, or you're a dancer, you have to have a high level of flexibility that's going to require some static stretching. Uh, I just wouldn't spend your entire day, you know, foam rolling and stretching. Make sure that you're actively moving your body. Another great example for these types of days would be yoga or any type of flow work where you're moving through ranges of motion, lots of deep breathing, and uh, trying to get your body you know, down-regulated a little bit if you're always going on, you know, <laughs> on all cylinders on your lifting days. So that's your mobility or range of motion days, which are also called linchpin days. Next, we have skill work. So if you're trying to learn how to do something, maybe you want to get better at swimming. Maybe you want to learn how to walk on a slack line. Maybe you want to learn how to do a handstand. You're in between days. You could just take half an hour and work on a skill. Now, again, think about what you're doing the other days. If you're going to be doing overhead pressing on a Thursday, don't do a half hour of handstands on a Wednesday. It's going to fry your shoulders. So figure out what you're doing on your days around these and make sure that your skill work is focused that you actually have a plan going into it. Same thing with our balanced plyo SIQ drills. You don't just go out there. I mean, you can just go out and play, but I prefer to go into it with a plan so I know why I'm working on something. So if you want to work on handstands, you know, you make sure that you do your wrist prep, that you do some maybe shoulder range of motion exercises, uh, maybe you watch a couple of videos, figure out you know two, three drills that you really want to work on and work on those drills and give yourself plenty of rest in between your attempts so that you can be really focused and, and fresh going into each uh, attempt of whatever it is that you're working on. Uh, same thing with, with swimming. You know, it doesn't need to be a cardio day. You can literally just work on your swimming strokes that day. Um, like Olympic lifters, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just, you know, with a PVC, just go through the range of motions with, you know, their, their snatch or their clean or their jerk. And what they're trying to do is just create good, uh, motor patterns that their body will recruit when it comes time to get under load. So that's your skill work days. Uh, then after this, th this is one of my favorite ones to advocate for people to do, and that's find an active hobby. Like if you want to play a sport, if you want to do something like kayaking or rock climbing, stand up paddleboard, or when it's colder, if you want to, if you live somewhere colder, you could ski, you could uh, snowshoe, uh, mountain bike skateboarding, rollerblading, just anything that's going to get your body moving that is not going to be uh, too stressful on you for your other strength training days. Or you know what, if your main focus is you want to be really good at kayaking, then I would prioritize your kayaking and then base your strength training around that. Uh, dance is another thing you do. Uh, that's something that would have you moving that wouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be stressful. You shouldn't be thinking about sets and reps. You're just moving for a bit. And I think that's what I like a lot about active hobbies is that it gets people out of the mindset of I have to, you know, time this thing or, you know, there has to be something that I record in my workout log for, for this, how many repetitions of a of a samba step that I did in my dance class, that's, that's not what you're worried about. You're, you're just moving. You are using your the fitness that you gained in the gym 
and you are expressing that in an activity that you enjoy. So you can see that because of your increased level of fitness, you are able to do the things that you love and do them more often and for longer periods of time because you are fit and you're in shape and you have you know good range of motion and all of those things allow you to enjoy your hobbies even more. Another thing here is any activity with your family that would kind of fall into the hobbies section. So hikes, long walks, playing with your kids. Man, I love wrestling with my son. He's four years old. Uh, he, he's coming up with some pretty gnarly moves and I'm actually really out of breath by the time that we're wrestling because it's it's active and I'm not thinking about, you know, reps or sets or anything like that. It's just, you're just moving. So just get moving, get your, your mindset out of this is exercise, you know, just, just move and enjoy it. And that's a great way to use your fitness on the days in between the days that you're working on your fitness. Now, the next two here have nothing to do with moving, but they are extremely important to do no matter what your goal is. In fact, if you're not currently doing these two things, I would do these before I try to add in another day of movement. That's grocery shopping and meal prepping. So if you typically spend an hour, hour and a half, if you count commute time into your gym day, if you are not currently grocery shopping or have some way of meal prepping, whether that's daily meal prepping or doing it all in the beginning of the week, if you don't have some type of rhythm to your grocery shopping, acquiring the food that you're going to be eating throughout the week, and then prepping it, actually getting it into the meals that you're going to be eating each day, however you do that. If you're not currently doing that, I would prioritize your time and your effort on that before I start adding in cardio and skill work and all of that other stuff. I mean, obviously, hobbies, I would I would say keep your hobbies in there. You need to keep doing those. But you need to find time to grocery shop. You need to find time to prepare your meals. However it is that you need to do that, however it is that works for you, it's the same thing with everything that we always talk about. You have to find what works for you, but you have to do it. And if you are spending all of your time you know, out on your bike or out running and you're not taking any time to grocery shop or meal prep, you're, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. You need to find some balance and make sure that you are doing what you need to do to fuel your body and you'll actually have better workouts and need to do less to accomplish your goals because you are taking care of the, the pivotal side of nutrition. Finally, I, I personally do this one once a week. I think it's something that not enough people advocate, but that's just taking taking a complete day off, a complete rest day, doing nothing. For some of us, these active recovery days turn into workouts. These hobbies, you know, kayaking or or skiing or mountain biking, they turn into to workouts. Even your skill work turns into workouts. And what ends up happening is you get burnt out. Your body needs to recover. You need a complete rest day. However it is that you put that into your week, you need to take a day where you're not doing anything. And if you find that extremely mentally stressful to do that, then you probably need to take two rest days because you're probably doing too much and you are getting too caught up in the, the fitness portion of your health that you're forgetting that rest is part of fitness. You actually get stronger when you recover. You get faster when you recover. 
all of your health markers are not improved by the act of going in the gym. It's getting going into the gym, performing the work, and then allowing your body to recover. And if you aren't taking a day where you're not doing anything, then you're probably not recovering. If you're doing something seven days a week and it's intense, you're not recovering well enough. Now, on your complete rest days, if you want to do you know, a, a stretch or two or things like that, that's fine. But, but what I'm trying to say is don't set up a session time of, okay, today's my rest day, but I'm going to spend an hour stretching. That's not what I'm talking about. Your rest day is I want you to get your mind out of working out. I want you to not think about it. I want you to think about all of the other things that are so much more important than fitness. And that's what you do on those days. And maybe, you know what, your grocery shopping day is on your rest day. And as long as it's not stressful for you, uh, or your meal prepping is on your on your rest day, however you want to do it, just something where you can get your mind out of the gym for a little bit. And, you know, on your complete rest day, that maybe that's your day that you, uh, that you play with your kids for a longer period of time or something like that, depending on what your work schedule is. Um, so I'm not saying that you need to sit around all day, but I am saying please don't try to make that into some type of of workout. You need to give your brain a break along with the rest of your body. So hopefully all of this is helpful for you. Uh, and I'll say this now, I didn't want to say it in the beginning because I didn't want you critiquing how I sound, but I am actually at SL Studio in North Frederick right now where we are currently doing straight shots in facility sessions in Frederick. I am using an awesome podcasting setup that they have here in this private studio. Um, I've got like a really cool mic in front of me. I've got a mixer. I actually like mixed my voice before we started here. Um, and it probably, I'm hoping it sounds okay in my recording. I might have to go and just fix some things later. But uh, yeah, this is this setup is awesome. Thank you to SL for uh, just being an awesome co-working space with an awesome private gym and a sweet podcasting studio that I'm going to be doing more of these at. So uh, thank you so much for listening. If you could take a second to leave a rating on this podcast, that would be awesome. It really helps more people hear the podcast. If you found this really helpful, you can share this episode with a friend. Uh, that'd be awesome. If you would like to connect with us on social media, our handle is at Straight Shot Training. And if you would like to come train with me here at SL Studio in Frederick or Wherever you are in the world, you can train with us virtually via our workout programming and remote coaching or through virtual sessions. All of that is over on straightshottraining.com. That's our website. You can see everything that we have to offer there. Meet my coaches. Uh, you can see our blog over there. Check out our shop. And when you're ready to get going, you can click anywhere on the website where you see that request a coach button, click that. That'll get you right in touch with me and we can chat through uh, what you're looking for and we can figure out how we can help you out with that. So thank you again so much for listening and have a great week, everybody. Mm -hmm.